What's going on, guys? Thank you for joining me today again on the BA Fitcast. You know it. It's me. It's Brandon. I'm here with a good friend of mine today. I'm talking to none other than JC Cabrito. He's the sole owner of Soulplex Performance. I'm super excited. We talked about a bunch of really cool things today, some funny stories in there. Anyway, guys, take a listen. Let me know how you like it, and let's get started. What's up, JC? How you doing today, brother? What's up, Brandon? What's going on, brother? How's it going, man? No, it's going good, dude. I'm at. So, for those of you listening at home, I am in JC's office today. We are set yes, up sir. here. We are talking. Where? So, tell us about tell us about this beautiful office. So, this office I've been in for a little under a year. Um, basically, uh, I got. What's funny is that so where I met you over uh-huh. at a self-made. Yep, self-made. Um, right, right when I got that location, I literally got an offer to be at this location of Irvine. Ooh, a good, fancy. good old colleague of mine that I trained with back in like, I don't know, six years ago, uh, decided to offer me this office. It was kind of a hard call, man. I mean, I was like, once he showed me this big ass office, I was like, eh, kind of hard to pass on it. So, yeah. How can you say no to that? Right. I bit the bullet and dude, I just got in here and I've been doing my sports therapy, personal training consultation this year for at least under a year now. And I plan to probably keep this office, man. Right on, dude. Yeah. So I want to talk. I want to talk about you. I want to tell. I want to tell everybody listening about you. So let's let's talk about you, man. So tell us about Soulplex. Tell us about what you do, what you provide, who you are. Right. Dig deep into that soul. Uh, (laughs) Damn, the soul, man. I I expect a lot. All right. So a little background on myself. Um, So uh, my name is Jason Cabrito. I own Soulplex Performance. I've been a personal trainer for eight years now. And the way my company actually came about was uh, eight years ago. I was doing personal training, mm-hmm. uh, started that, been doing it ever since. And then I actually wanted to get kind of expand my, let's say, your my services or mm-hmm. my, my 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 niche, your my value, scale, my value. So I wanted actually originally I wanted to be a, an athletic trainer for like team sports stuff like that, like be the guy that went out there to go work on athletes that got injured stuff like that i feel like a lot of us would like doing that that seems like a lot of fun i like i like athletic stuff man honestly like aside from the bodybuilding part and powerlifting i love i love athletic athletes i love athletic training i like sports yeah so because of that what happened was i was on actually researching on google it's funny because mm-hmm. how i became what i am right now was actually an accident um what do you mean like I wasn't intentionally trying to become like a sports rehab therapist or I wasn't trying to become a massage therapist because I was trying to just become a trainer that had a background in like athletic training and re and injury rehab. Ah, I see. I see. Okay. I found a program about four years ago. Um, about, yeah, a little bit like in 2016. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I found a program on Google and basically I saw sports rehabilitation therapy. I was like, oh shit, this looks pretty cool. Let's see what it's about. Uh, I scheduled a consultation, went to the school and then looked at the campus and I was pretty amused by it. It was primarily like a massage therapy school. Yeah, yeah. And it was in Cerritos, so the program was like 15 months. And so because of that, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty good long program. Yeah, it's pretty good long. I mean, I'm I'm someone that's pretty familiar with vocational school. And that's how a lot of my my education came about. Uh-huh. Um, so I took the school, basically graduated with a degree in sports rehab therapy. Started my practice at a small gym that I helped open back in 2016, and then 
made my way down here and got you. Yeah, so Soulplex performance really um, the best way I can describe it and the best really like mission statement I guess mm-hmm. you can say is uh, I want to I want to bring back like the importance of. Uh, understanding the human body because I mean like there's let's be honest man like this industry fitness health and wellness it's all became completely trashed yeah um even if you've never listened to a single episode of my podcast yeah that's basically what I talk about all the time yeah this whole like dude the whole industry became trashed and so I wanted to bring back the value of originally what you know what we're we're in this industry for yeah exactly And, and so that's why everything all takes like a little touch and so if you look at my slogan it's a it's it says improve performance by touch yeah that applies to everything you know whether it's in fitness whether it's in my sports therapy whether it's in business and life everything takes a single little like tweak little touch just to make it or break it between like yeah from the smaller things to the bigger things and so that's that's what it's about and there's a lot more beyond my vision of soulplex performance because i don't want to just be known as the personal training guy i don't want to be known as the sports therapy guy there's so yeah. much more that i have planned for it yeah um that this is just the, the start of it this is how people are going to discover me as yeah. a soulplex performance especially for someone like you who is obviously wanting to learn more you're wanting to grow and expand your horizons and stuff like that yeah absolutely absolutely and so that's why like that's why i started it and right now i mean Dude, I've only been, I've only had Soulplex performance for three years, and it's already expanded to two locations. So that, that's amazing. Yeah, so it blows my blows my mind. Yeah, and I'm I'm running on my, uh, you know, not to humble brag, but I'm running on my second year of self, uh, self, I guess we'll call it self-employed businessmanship. Right on, you know, yeah. I growing up, I never thought that was like it didn't even register to me that that was an option. It was go to school get your degree uh-huh. fall in line at some big company that offers you a retirement and pension, and pension all, that, all yeah. that different stuff and you know not to say that's not what i'm doing i do have a i do have a day job that does provide right. some stuff like that but the concept of running your own business and having clients that you're responsible for and that not only that you're responsible for but their health is in your hands like yeah what a cool concept that I, I think I'm getting more and more appreciative of as I kind of grow well, yeah, into this. Because, dude, the way I always try to understand it and the way I try to explain to others is like, you're being trusted, dude. Like, you're being trusted yeah. by other people to take care of them and guide them. And in a sense, you're kind of like, you're, you, it's a good testing of like your nurturing and your, mm-hmm. t- your catering skills. Like, basically, like, you're looked at as a, as like a parent and a coach in a sense. Because they're, they're, putting themselves out for you I well yeah they're you, trusting you yeah dude so that's why this is like a huge privilege and i think i think that's something that i wish um I, I wish there was some sort of like seminar you had to go to where someone would just talk to you for like six hours straight about this in order to become a trainer dude you know it's it's, it's so freaking crazy that you say that because i had i had the same like thoughts and ideas like there needs to be a sort of like a, I guess you could say like establishment where before you become an actual trainer and practice mm-hmm. as a trainer you need to understand and respect like the business that it is because yeah absolutely this, dude this is like a lot of people forget this is a health business dude well I think I think in today's climate it's so easy for and I and I'm kind of drawing from my own experience so I don't mind talking a little bit of shit yeah but it's so easy to be a 19 year old kid in the gym 
mm-hmm. find somebody who knows what they're talking about, give you some guidance, get a good physique on you, find someone who gives you the next level of guidance. And now all of a sudden you've got the information it takes to do a 12 week bodybuilding cut. Right. And so like, if you really wanted to, you could be an online trainer right now. You offer 12 week programs. No problem. Yeah. Certifications. Maybe. Who cares? You don't need to prove that on Instagram. Nope, and that's why I always say, you know, and when you know, obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disclose any names, but mm-hmm. when people ask me about certain individuals, I'm saying, then they ask, what's their certification? I'm like, oh, there's, they're Instagram certified. Yeah, and I and I laugh when I hear when I say that shit because it's like, dude, I always, I always tell them, ask your trainer to pull out their certification card that's required to be on them at all times while training. <laughs> See how many and. Mine's always in my car. To be yeah. fair, mine's displayed right here in my office, and mine and I can pull it up on my on my Gmail docs if I want. If yeah. someone really needs to look at it on the spot. Yeah, well, but half these trainers don't have those. They don't know what they. I mean, like obviously, not everyone is going to have the same certification with the same right. things given to them. But the point is, there's so many trainers out there with a little bit of knowledge skill set, which is really really cool. I just I I wish I could. Ad- I wish I could do more advising on just wait or go to a corporate gym and get tra- get like molded, get trained, do some right. interning. And I think a lot of people think personal training is this like glamorous job where it's real easy and you it's make not. a butt ton of money and you get to drive cool cars. It's Hell no. Hell this no, shit is dude. hard. This shit is hard, dude. I've been in the industry for eight years, man. And I can tell you from left and right, up and down, dude, it's, it's hard, man. You got to... You got to learn how not only to like, dude, I tell people all the time, teaching someone how to work out is easy. It's not mm-hmm. the, it's not the hardest thing in the world. What's hard is knowing how to cater that workout to someone's like situation yeah. or circumstance like, and keep it interesting. Yeah. Keep it interesting. Make sure it's safe. Make sure it's appropriate for them. Make sure it's going to get them where they want to. Yep. And then there's a lot of bullshit cookie cutter programs out there that <laughs> like I, and I can say this because I've seen, I've literally witnessed an online coach to oh, yeah. say, and I've asked that what that online coach, you know, oh, how do you set up your programs? You know, do you use this template? Do you use like an automatic, like, you know, calculator on mm-hmm. it? And then this person literally wrote on their iPhone notepad, typed out the workout, sent it, emailed it, got Venmoed the next, the next like five minutes. And I, I, think, like, I think that's, you're probably describing most online trainers. And that right there is literally what set me off and the reason why I have a very strong opinion about like online coaching. And I stepped away personally from it because not only one, it, it's, it's, it is time consuming. If you do it right, it's yeah. very time consuming, but also because it's just the, the, the name and the rep on it is just so I don't, I'm, I'm not someone that likes to attach my name to, you know, really, well, really bad affiliates. And, and I think also you need you need to be a really, really good trainer in order to provide online training. Yeah. And I, and that's something I truly believe because if you have not spent hours training people in person, watching different bodies move, watching how, how the hell are you advising people on how to adjust? How Mm -hmm. are you fixing issues? And like you, you have no idea what's going on. And so if you've never worked with someone in person, how are you going to take a video that someone put their phone down in the corner and, and said, the, look at my squat, what do yeah, I got to do here? And the funny thing is that a lot of the online training nowadays, they don't even submit, like they don't make their clients fill out questionnaires, which to me is like complete bullshit because how yeah. do you even know who you're working with? Or if they have like a heart condition. Yeah, like uh, like especially that. Like, yeah. Dude, like you got diabetics, you got heart conditions, you have like, 
you have all kinds of stuff that you got to factor in when you're setting up pro- a program and it's just not the case nowadays yeah it's, like, it's so no simple one. to just throw up an instagram market your ass off and yeah and that's the actually the other misconception i want to want to make very clear all these online trainers that are saying i've only got spots for two more i've only got room for a few more we are i'm saying we in the theoretical we there's a million spots open no one's full there's only a couple people yep. they're actually helping and honestly they're doing one written workout and then they're not doing a damn thing else so yeah. don't let them fool you don't let people pressure you and i only got two spots left yeah it's it's a it's a sales tactic and I, and i can fi- and i can fully admit that because that's just that's just how you're well taught. we do the same thing in in personal training too hey i've only got a couple more spots i'm gonna need to know soon you know like it yeah, is what it is. It but. is what it is. That I mean, and that in a sense is kind of a little bit of a more reasonable um, explanation because you're physically having people come in, and mm-hmm. obviously different facilities only allow you to have certain amount of people at yeah, once. Yeah, of and course. So, and so that's why that's a little bit okay. And that's your when, real time. Yeah, that's it's your, your real personal time. real time. Uh, yeah, but the online coaching, yeah, dude. There's no, there's no set limit spots. You I w- I will say there is one version of online coaching I I do offer, and that is if you come see me in person at least one time a month, I will online coach you. That's the only way I'll do it. And that's good because that's. And then for the entire month, we work on the things that we need to work on, but. I'm not going to give you crazy workouts. I'm not going to give you a bunch of bullshit that gets you hurt when it's not on my time. I'm going to give you a 30-day cut, promising you that you're going to lose like 20 pounds in 30 days. Do you want to do a booty builder program? Let's talk about it. Do you want to talk about it? (laughs) Sure. I don't know if I want to talk about it because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but... I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but the thing is, like, dude, if you're only going to get hurt by this, the stuff that we'd say if it's true. It's like... I'm going to say it. Okay. Fuck it. These booty building programs drive me nuts, dude. And it's not okay. Let me let me phrase this in a way that's more appropriate. There are very very good butt building programs out there. there. Are, yeah. There are a lot of really really bad ones out there. Mm-hmm. And you, how can you spot the difference? You cannot. And so that's that's one of my biggest issues. So if you'll if you do if you do know how to spot the difference, meaning you're like probably a experienced booty builder. Or uh, let me hold on. Let me say, bootyologist is what they're calling themselves nowadays. <clears throat> Fucking that is fucked. <laughs> that is fucked. Like okay, I I let me go look Google up where the nearest um, bootyologist school is. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, make that money, honey. But whatever. Yeah. All all I'm saying is, you can't spot the difference between a bad butt workout and a good one because most of the time they're making that shit up anyway. But here's the thing. If you work a body part every single day for five days a week and you focus all your energy on it and you're eating in a caloric maintenance or surplus, the only thing that's going to happen is that body part's going to grow. Yeah. So, of course, if you pay somebody to give you 10 to 20 butt exercises in a row, your butt's going to grow. Yeah. So it's always, it's kind of inevitable in that case, but. I just really hope these trainers are giving segmented workouts, meaning like do five butt exercises do some shoulders yeah. next day do five butt exercises do some legs but, some quads but the, some of the things i've seen out there are literally a template sheet that just has nothing but the same butt workouts oh, yeah. and you cycle it through mm-hmm. for the next five days and that's it it's just just a butt yeah you know i don't know it's it's hard because like even even i get like i would say 90 percent of my clients the consultations i get are for girls who are trying to grow their legs and stuff right and i'm like hell yeah let's do some squats let's grow these legs let's get strong Mm -hmm. as fuck let's be powerful women 
And then they are like, how come we don't get to use the booty bands? And I'm like, we like, obviously I have a full bag full of booty bands. Yeah, that I, I have my own as well. Thoroughly. But if you're coming off the street and you can't squat standing straight up to the floor with no weight, guess what we're doing for the next three weeks? Squats. We're going to squat with no weight until you can do it perfectly. Yep. And then we're going to move forward because... I am so sick and tired of all these people coming to me from other trainers or gyms or uh, CrossFit type things yeah. with fucking broken shoulder joints, knees that don't bend anymore, hips that won't hinge anymore. I mean, I'm okay with that. That's job security for me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah it, I am. I am. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. I am kind of okay with it. It's it's fine in a sense that I get to fix it. Yeah. But it's so frustrating because when I get these people in, and you they're, see what they were shown. Well, and they well they show they show me what they were taught, and then I show them how to like what I believe is the best fix for it and how to go forward. And then we do say say for example, I've got someone in front of me who's got um, super severely rolled forward shoulders, upper cross syndrome. Right. And we just spend twenty minutes doing really minimal shoulder opening exercises, doing really minimal back exercises. And I wouldn't even call them exercises. These are like warm-ups. Yeah, dude. This is stuff that you just need to do. We spend 20 minutes doing that, and all of a sudden I've got a girl who can... I'm sorry, I've got a person, because it's guys and girls. Yeah. I've got a person who can go from... So they put their hands just barely above their shoulder height, and now they're going completely above their head. And I've got this person crying in front of me saying, I haven't put my hands over my head in four years because a doctor or a chiropractor or a uh, coach beforehand told me, like, it is what it is. You just can't do Mm -hmm. it. I had someone tell me I have a torn rotator cuff. And I said, that sounds very serious. When surgery? And they said, no, it's, you know, I've had it for a long time. It's fine. I just kind of work around it. And I'm like... No. Mm, I don't know about that. Can you give me some sort of doctor's note? Like, can you give me the, you know, show me show me what's going on? Yeah. There, that didn't exist. So I'm like, okay, let's do some research a little bit. And so after a little bit of, like, digging on my end, I had decided that a coach, a previous coach of this person had just told them, yeah, that sounds like a rotator cuff tear. So you should just leave it alone. And that's, that's about as good as it's going to be forever unless you, if you work on it, it's going to get worse. Mm, and interesting. do you want to know what it what it really was? What was it? It was an overly rolled forward and tight shoulder. The oh, exact same thing. That's wrong God. with fucking everybody. Ninety nine point nine percent of the. How are these population. professionals not like? You're gonna tell somebody that? Oh, I'm sorry. Your shoulder mobility just doesn't. You don't get that anymore. Yeah. You it, know why? Because because Instagram doesn't teach you how to know fix injuries and what's what's sad is this wasn't even an instagram person this was an actual like like owner of a gym oh an owner well you know what i don't know if they owned it but this was like like, i actually asked i was like this is a legitimate like trainer coach person that doesn't like they're doing it for real yeah yeah for real and so i it was just surprising to me because there's a lot of stuff out there. And so when we did spend 20 minutes for the very first time and they realized that their shoulder mobility was so close, like it was so close to them this whole time, it was like, yeah, it was like watching somebody real, like the realization on their face and then like the, oh, the sadness. Yeah. Because they got lied to basically the whole fucking time. Well, they spent years just assuming that this is how I am now. And they've gone and who knows what they could have accomplished throughout the years that they've 
basically believe that they're hopeless. Yeah. And so that all just comes back to us fixing things and yeah, fixing things, whatever. It's fine. I don't plus dude. It just, it just comes down to like, honestly, like, like I get it. Like, you know, do your thing. You know, if you can't, if you can't afford to get the education, by all means learn and, and hustle however way you need to. But dude, like, but also be, be appropriate with your scope. I know I'm not a certified boxing instructor, so guess what? I don't really teach boxing. Right. I'll let you punch my mitts for a while to tire your ass out, but I sure don't advertise any boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a scope of practice that I just think people, I think is really yeah, overlooked. What's funny is that the words you just use right now is literally what I tell when I talk about with other therapists, like scope of practice. I get taught I got taught that in my school. And people like, who go to school or actually are trained get taught those words. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why. And because there's there's that same error in per, in in rehabilitation and body therapy that there is from personal training it's mm-hmm. like you know you gotta learn you gotta learn where your scope of practice is like cause don't don't try to don't try to fake the shit out just to get an extra buck cause yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna reveal yourself at some point well even, even if you're not gonna get like sued in the long run like you should you're still hurting somebody it's their life yeah and the and the fucked up part is that no one really considers that they just they just care about how good they look as an imagery and then how also they just that person is an easy like for them it's an easy sell I've heard I've heard a lot of fucked up shit like people yeah. just talking how like oh it's so easy to do coach this person because mm-hmm. all I gotta do is give them this this and that and they listen to me I'm like dude your effort should be a hundred across your client board absolutely absolutely because at the end of the day this is like like i said in the beginning like this is a health profession mm-hmm. and the respect for that has gone down in the, throughout the you know past few years if let alone decade cause right like now everyone's just all about you know let me kick your ass let me bring your ass out so you drop to the ground and that's it and that's a that's 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 how you personal train apparently yeah that's the easiest way to do. i think one of the biggest one of the bigger things that I see is there's such a there's such a need to be successful right away yeah no like everyone expects if you're gonna start a business or if you're gonna start a new endeavor if you're gonna start some sort of program like everyone expects it to just like happen and overnight yeah and I guess when I say everyone I think I think everyone is actually yourself because no one really actually cares no, yeah, no one, no one cares, and no one's really putting a time limit or an expiration date on you. So it's like we have this, we have this common tendency to just be like, oh my god, like I'm on a, I'm on a clock, like yeah. I have to do this now, 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 you know. And the so-called entrepreneur nowadays, um, don't like I can go fucking all day about that <laughs> that term, but basically those that are like you know working for themselves, yeah, feel this need and urge to have to be somewhere. Like they want to start driving the Bentleys and the Maseratis and shit like overnight. Well, a good example is remember when we were talking earlier about, so we were talking earlier about my experience as a personal trainer. And I said, well, I've only really been doing this since I've been uh, with the gym I'm at recently. It's probably been about a year and a half now. Right. And then, so you reminded me, oh, but didn't you work for this gym earlier? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't see myself as successful. I didn't have like a million clients. I didn't even count that in my head. Like I was like, no, I didn't advertise that. Like that wasn't. But it's real. It's there. It's real. It's part of it. It's part of your your experience, and that's the thing is that you got to factor every one of those. And a lot of people will gauge off mm-hmm. of that, dude. And it's just like, like you can't really you can't really believe that you're going to get to where you're where you're striving to be in the next year or two. Like there's there's it's business has always been the same for the past like decades, and it's all and it's never going to change. So well, I, I think one of the biggest things I'm learning is 
every time I set a small goal for myself, I not not only do I reach it, but every time I reach it, I've already like even before that I've already reestablished my new goal set. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like every time you get close to one goal, you realize that's not the goal I want, and you want to keep right. going and growing. Mm-hmm. And so I think think for me, it's been really cool to experience just letting my my mind be creative. I had no idea I'd be making co- podcasts two yeah, years ago. Yeah, like if you ask yourself five years ago, like did, did oh Brandon, you know, do you think you're gonna be like a professional podcaster like fuck no because you you that's not in your that's not in your trail do you want to know what it takes to be a professional podcaster dude it's about a, I would say it's about a hundred you can do it cheaply hundred bucks on amazon a yeah. small app called anchor shout out anchor yeah. and you're done boom professional podcaster interesting yeah it's really yeah. it's been really cool i've got to talk to a lot of different people about different things we've got to do a lot of just different discussions on like what people are interested in what they think is cool and so i mean yeah, it's been really I think, weird i think that's the coolest thing about having a podcast and you know it's that you get to you get to basically do what we should be doing as humans is just fucking talk well yeah that, that's like when when i asked you about <laughs> it and you're like yeah sure and then i was like there's no real template i just kind of want to bullshit on air for a while yeah like literally like i like when you ask me like what topic or what question do you want i'm like <laughs> i don't fucking know because like i don't like doing that i don't like yeah. following scripts you know i'm not i'm not here to like follow a guideline and it's like if if we mix, we mix. If we don't, then shit, it's gonna real be a real boring ass podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it's not on your production, yeah. though, so it don't matter. Yeah. So it's just like you know, like you just you just figure out how people are and you just learn new things. So yeah, yeah, right on. And I like that. And um, the lot, I mean, the last last podcast I spoke on, we had to talk about like you know entrepreneurship and this and that, and then I, I don't know nothing like, about that. Oh, <laughs> I I. I, I, I I could have figured everyone knows how to be an entrepreneur, right? Because everyone's an entrepreneur. No, you'll never catch me calling myself. I'm a dude with like a really boring real job, so I do this other stuff on the side hustle. Yeah, I'm a dude that figured out I didn't want to respond to managers and directors. So, I, so I've been real. The older I get, the more the more trouble I have with that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, I'm not, I'm, I'm, and there some people, for some reason, some people are really sensitive, and when I talk about certain stuff like this, they get all like, oh, what are you saying about a real job? Like, dude, I fucking worked five jobs before I became a well, trainer. And also, here's the thing, you, there, there are very, very few people that can be a truly self-employed entrepreneur. I yeah. think there's a lot of people that want to be, but like, this shit, that shit is hard. It's not luxury, and that's the thing. A lot of people think it's all like luxurious to call themselves an entrepreneur. Like, oh yeah, there like is I, no like I, I'm my own working boss. days. You're not your own boss. You work for your you work for your services and your clients. Dude. Yeah, like you're 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 enslaved to the business until you mm-hmm. reach a point to where you have people working for you. That's what a you know. I can't. I don't call myself an entrepreneur entrepreneur anymore i used to get I, I i'll admit i used to get carried away with that term like oh yeah like when i first learned how to be self-employed i was like i'm an entrepreneur i'm fucking learning personal development and all this shit but and, you know what i think you actually deserve that you you personally can utilize that title you yeah. have worked other jobs you have been self-employed you are successful you're you're doing it yeah like i'm i'm it still sits in my my head and blows my mind like dude i've been self-employed for eight years See, that's crazy to me i i couldn't imagine cutting my leash right now yeah and that's the thing is that like a lot of people will rush like 
you shouldn't you shouldn't feel rushed or obligated to cut your ties from your current line of work. Well, I think you also need to know that you can do that. I don't I don't know that I can be truly self-employed. I think I like having that stability. Yeah, and there and and a lot of people misinterpret that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like dude, one of the wealthiest people I know is my own mother. Mm-hmm. She she'll walk in here short 5-foot Filipino woman, you would never guess she makes <laughs> the kind of money that she makes. She bought a a 1.2 dollar million home in Azusa. Like what the fuck? Yeah. But it's because she's been uh, an RN for twenty five years and she can afford that kind of life. You know, she that's she's hustled. Life. Yeah, she's hustled. She's earned her right to do that kind of Hell stuff. Yeah. And I have full admiration for that. I just knew it wasn't the path for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why like I chose. Um, but at the same time, people think it's really cool that I work for myself and all that. I'm like, dude. Yeah, except when if, you're leaving the office at eleven p.m. and then I see you driving to the gym at. 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So, between the like hours of driving back to Azusa, the multiple Starbucks trips, mm-hmm. probably some video games in between, I don't think you're sleeping. No, I'm really not. And that's the only healthy thing I'll probably admit is that I don't really sleep how much I'm supposed to sleep. How I got to that, I don't know. How I manage it, I don't know. You I know mean, what? It happens. To the I best mean, of you us. can see in front of me. I have like you know four different kind of liquids in front of me that might keep me up. I well, so speaking of liquids, actually, what's that? What's that first one in front of you? Oh, this first one I pulled up for uh, talking about the this one. This first one. No, no, no. I don't. I don't care about the kombucha. Let me make it clear. I don't care <laughs> about kombucha. Club. Yeah, kombucha. I just drink that. I oh, I drink kombucha so I can drink more of this. Yeah, so it's healthy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Good healthy. Bacteria and some um, right here I got. A gift actually from a client of mine who who knows I love I love whiskey love bourbon mm, love, I too. love scotch, so what we got here is Nika whiskey, Nika it's like a Japanese whiskey. I'm into that. Uh, yeah, dude. So you want a little pour on it? Yeah, test yeah. me out. Let's see Let's it. Go. I'm a, I'm actually a, a big whiskey fan. There's are you? Yeah, I'm not much of a drinker, but I really do enjoy a good decent whiskey. Dude, I just went to a spot. I got to take you some time. It's right across my office, literally right here. I just went to it last night with a buddy of mine. Okay. And um, they had something called a Kentucky Kentucky Stallion. And the way – I don't know if you saw my story the other day, like last night, but the guy burned like a – I think it was like a rosemary oh, leaf. Hey. And he burned that on the glass or underneath the glass, made it smoky put the ice cube in the glass right after so it's like steaming mm-hmm. and then you put the bourbon inside it that one of the best fucking drinks I've see had, that's dude. whiskey and a show that's everything yeah, i'm looking that's for everything so yeah dude yeah, hopefully not into this. All right. the last shot for you my man i have no idea if the camera's rolling still but if it can oh cheers, cheers man. i appreciate you salute let's go it's very clean smooth yeah yeah no yeah, I, I kind of underestimated Japanese whiskey, but, dude, that thing was perfect. Yeah. I really like Japanese whiskey, and I really like Canadian whiskey. Like what? Like so, which brand? I mean, like, if I'm just trying to drink some Canadian whiskey, Seagram's VO is pretty okay. good. Um, yeah. That, that's basically the brands in my head. I yeah. usually will, like... So, like, if I go to a restaurant, like, if, uh, say, for example, me and Katie go... Me and Katie, my girlfriend, yeah. go to a restaurant... And it's only if it's, like, a nicer one that I think will carry some sort of whiskey that I've never heard of before. Right. I'll usually ask them, like, what are you having Canadian? And then, obviously, I'll do my research and ask them, what's the most expensive one? And then I'll say, that's too much. Give me the one now, down from that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I really like them. I think they're pretty smooth. I'm into it. They are. That I've Japanese heard, one heard. was really good, though. Yeah, dude, you got you to gotta try this out. I'll show I'm you I'm trying one. to put my 
put my tongue on the taste of what I'm tasting. It's like this undertone that's really good. It it's is. It's like almost like black licorice, maybe. It is. It's black licorice, and it has a little bit of oak in it. So, which is which is why it tastes more bold and smooth. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I clearly you see i enjoyed it it's like <laughs> fully empty um that's what it's meant for though yeah um and then dude i haven't really touched canadian whiskey honestly if you ask me i've touched more like american more uh let's see um irish whiskey obviously i had a bad time with irish whiskey when i was in my like early 20s so i just like <laughs> i have this like indifference with it now i'm scarred from jameson just because there's that, yeah, that, that, the brand. that was the go-to for when i was like hitting my 21st in my early 20s i was like uh, everything was Jameson, Jameson, and I was just like, dude, so many, so much bad shit happened. That. Yeah, it, that's that's exactly why my body it just sees it and it's like, Ugh. yeah, I get cringe and you know, go figure. Like, I I had Jameson a couple of weeks ago when I was in Vegas, and Oof. I think you saw what happened. There. Yeah. That, oh yeah, that's right. Homeboy had to get carried in in a fucking wheelchair. Man, if you guys saw my if you guys saw my story or saw that post, you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna go into full detail on what happened there. Just yeah, know you had a pleasant escort. It looked like though they weren't being mean. No, they weren't being assholes at all. Actually, if anything, I was, I was, I was kind of their entertainment for the night. Oh, I bet you were. Oh yeah, dude, that was that was so fucking interesting. But that's funny. Yeah. Speaking no. of Vegas, I'm going to Vegas uh, the beginning of September for Olympia. Are you? Yeah, shout out to Quest Nutrition. Oh, that's right. You told me about <laughs> Those that. Those bad boys are flying me up, and uh, we're going to go. We're staying in the stratosphere for any of you guys who are going to be in Vegas for Olympia yeah. weekend. You're going to jump off the stratosphere? N- <laughs> you can do that? Dude, yeah. You can. You can. I. I you, I seen a lot of people. Do, I guess I think they do a bungee jump off the stratosphere. Oh, yeah. No, I won't do that. No, no. thank you. But part of like my trip package is uh, i believe like all the rides up there are fair game so oh dude that's fucking badass yeah i'm actually taking joe with me are you really yeah zen master oh shit yeah dude. no we were um i'll probably see you up there i'm i'm, I'm planning on going to olympia this year um so yeah, if i yeah. can hopefully i can drop out there and i got Honestly. a bit i got a busy september and october i'm actually going to vegas in october Oof. Yeah, so to go back to back Vegas, we'll see. Maybe I'll stop. By I was gonna say, if you're out there, obviously I'm trying to look for friends. I'm not trying to sit and do nothing, but I'm also not like oh, a dude, clubber. Totally. Yeah, I see. Yeah, like talk about that. I I haven't clubbed before that weekend in Vegas. <laughs> I haven't clubbed in like seven years, Ooh. six years. It's been six years since I've been to an actual man, club. Old yeah. man, old man. Yeah, dude, doesn't look like it. But <laughs> <laughs> how, how old are you? I am. Um, I'm tw- a lot of people are gonna like give me shit for this, but whatever. I'm 29. Why? Why? Because I'm 29. Well, because when we talk like we're old, a lot of people are like, "Oh, oh you're not yeah. that old. You're it's, such a baby." It's really funny because the majority of my clients are like 19 to 23 right now. Yes. And uh, I always tell them like, "Man, you young kids, like I don't know what the hell you're talking about." And they're Dude, like, Dude, you're you start, barely when you older. S- when you start using the phrase "back in my day," yeah, that's when you know you're fucking old. I, like. <laughs> Uh, let me, uh, hold on. Let me tell you a quick little thing. So okay, I went yeah. to I went to the bar uh, with a couple friends the other like uh, over the past weekend, mm-hmm. and they were playing a couple songs. Obviously, everyone knows their stuff, and you know I know it just because I listen to it now. Yeah, yeah. But dude, they played okay. They played Usher. You don't, <laughs> they played. You don't have to call, and I'm the only one in the center of that fucking place saying that, and no one knows it. And then me and my friends were the only ones who knew that song because they're in their 30s. And you feel I'm, old. 
fuck yeah absolutely i felt like a fucking old man i was like are you shitting me no one was dancing or jamming out to that anytime katie's like you want to go out and i'm like uh, yeah i'll be home by 11 yeah, maybe uh, maybe like 10 30 yeah, dude and that and that's when i just it just hit me i'm like fuck man i can't be out at these bars and clubs anymore you know how i realized i was an old guy how so i was in the kitchen doing dishes like a good guy should be and i'm looking out the front window like a bad homeowner should be and i see these fucking kids walking down the street yeah. and they're like throwing a ball around like running around and i live on a cul-de-sac and they're like in the middle of the street and they're like throwing their ball back and forth and they're having a good time <laughs> and smiling i'm like did you go mr scrooge on there no i'm like i'm like sitting there and i'm like what the fuck are those kids doing yeah and my and katie was like uh what are you doing i'm like i'm getting mad at kids for having fun and i'm not doing anything nothing Nope. And I realized, like, what the fuck? Why are you so mad about those little kids for? They don't care. Dude. And I was like, no, I'm not actually mad. I was just being an old grumpy guy doing dishes. Yeah. I get it now. Everything flags old man right there, dude. Everyone's dishes like, get off my lawn. Dishes and get off my lawn, man. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So mind, I'm being mindful now of my mm. old man thoughts. I'm trying to keep that from uh, surfacing again. I'm trying to I, I'm trying to remind myself I'm not as old as I am, but then there's a lot of things that just happen day to day that just remind me how fucking old I am. I don't feel old. I just feel like I act old. Yeah, I feel like I speak and act old, and I'm, I'm going to factor that to... Actually, I don't know if you know this about me, but my very first set of clients as a personal trainer, Mm-mm. I worked at a small health club, a small family-owned club down actually... 15 minutes away from here um it was called custom bodies fitness okay. the whole demographic and all the clientele were baby boomers Ooh. so i spent my first two years as a trainer literally conversating and talking to like 60 year olds really professional with those people Absolutely. You can't, typically you can't, you can't drop fuck and ratchet in front no. of them like no like you like no you i have to talk like basically i got like a rod up my ass and yeah like, like I got to be very formal, which it wasn't an issue for me because I always I've always been someone that can be professional. I love I love the concept of being very formal, professional. Because I used to be in a couple businesses when I was eighteen, yeah. and I surrounded myself with nothing but like elder people. Like and especially 16, when you're younger, 50. you kind of have to portray a little bit more more professionalism just yeah. because people won't they won't see you the same yeah, way. Yeah, you have to do it to demand the respect and earn that respect. Yeah. So that's why it's just you're kind of enforced and molded that way. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, mm-hmm. I think the way I talk right now and the way I am right now, a lot of people think I'm older than what I really am. So that's, and, but then in reality, when you put the number down, I'm, I was born in 90. So still got, that, <laughs> still got that baby face, though. Still got that baby <laughs> face, man. I just shaved this and I already felt like a baby, dude. It's growing, though. I, I swear to God, it's growing. I don't know, dude. I, I liked it clean. It was nice. Liked it clean? Uh, dude, oh, see, if I nice. t- see, if I shave this whole fucking thing off, I swear to God, I'm going to. I'm going to be getting carded, like, left and right. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be allowed in clubs, you know. I'm I'm, I'm going to get shit for it. Uh, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So, I I don't know. The, the, the facial hair grew on to me. I've had it for, you know, sadly to say, this thing took me two years to get it where it's D- at right dude, now. Dude, I'm right there with you. This this luxurious barely beard is yeah. pretty continuous growth for, since I was, like, what am I, 29, 18, 19, about 10 years. Yeah. I mean, obviously I trim it because I get the little random guys, but you mm-hmm. know what? Growing beards is hard. Anyone out there that grows a beard really easily, fuck you. Uh, yeah, fuck you. And also, I, I, I commend you for being able to grow facial hair that quickly. Like, for me, I'm Filipino, man. We're all known in our genetics. People will say it, like Asians, Filipinos. Mm-hmm. 
we're not meant to have facial hair, and if we do, we look like fucking cats with pouches on our <laughs> with like whiskers, dude. The, the cheek whiskers, and you guys know what I'm talking about when mm. I say that. Like, it's funny. My brother, he same family, no same parents and everything. Three days time, no problem, full beard. Yeah, like what the fuck? Like the, I have clients. I had a client, and he had like a full blown beard, but the the kid's only like 20 years old, and he looks older than me. That's just rude. That's just fucked up. Just I'm just rude. like, dude, you should just shave your shit to look your age. <laughs> Because <laughs> when people go around and ask me, like, like, oh, you're 29, you look like you're, you're st- did you just graduate? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. Like, dude, and yeah, I, so I've been trying a lot of things. I've been trying beard oil, been trying some of these other things just to grow. Beard oil just makes my face greasy. Yeah, I, I learned, I learned from it. It kind of made me break out a little bit under my my chin. Oh, so. that's a hard no for me. Yeah, that's a hard no for me. So that's why I backed up from that. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. November's coming up. I think patience is my problem. I'll notice it getting kind of like long in one side and short in the other. And it's, fuck yeah. it, I'll just trim it all. Yeah, see, I'm I'm a patient person, but when it comes to the facial hair, I'm not patient. I want this I want this shit to grow now. So <laughs> when I shave this thing, literally like I I I knew it was good the way it was looking before. Yeah. But I was like, no, I want this thing to grow. Like I want to look like a fucking come back even better yeah dude I want to look like a goddamn Filipino lumberjack (laughs) but it's not gonna happen I just know it if you dream I mean thoughts become things maybe maybe if I just close Mm -hmm. my eyes and cross my fingers maybe eventually (laughs) I'll look like an actual 29 year old for now I'm gonna look 18 for the rest of my life (laughs) dear Kai Green please help me here thoughts become (laughs) things that's like his thing right yeah thoughts become things things, yeah I I actually get that I'm down with that I'm down with that too I'll I'll fuck with Kai Green man I I really like Kai Green just like as a weirdo person I just like that he's weird and he he just like really owns up to it yeah and like I don't I don't really know what happened with him and like the whole like bodybuilding scene but I just think him as a person like that dude's super weird but he's also like pretty cool he's He's weird he's got some interesting things to say he's weird but he's he's actually pretty wise and well respected he's super smart Yeah, yeah he's super smart like a lot of people don't give him enough credit for being that smart. He's got one he of those brains that he just like locks onto something and he learns it. And now he's an expert. Yeah, and also he's just he's just well respected by everyone. Like he's everyone knows how weird he is. But he comes from nothing. He comes from nothing. Yeah. Zero. I don't know if you saw like one of his videos when he was prepping. Like he was literally just in his old New yep. York apartment. Didn't he say he goes he would go back and mm-hmm. live in his old apartment during he, a prep? Yeah. He does it. He does it for a reason, and, yeah. I, and I totally respect that because it gets you in that environment, that feeling of like this the is hustle. It. You know, this is all I have. This is all I got. I'm gonna work my ass out to get out of here. Which, like, yeah. I'm not a bodybuilder, and I never have been, but I gotta imagine that's the only way I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You never really partaked in any like bodybuilding. No, not at all. No. I so my my background is I am a formerly obese person. Okay. And so I started at three hundred and sixty pounds. I was really heavy. Dude, I was yeah, full I saw fat. your transformations. When you first posted it, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. This guy literally like understands. I forget that a lot of people don't know that, so I kind of try and repost that every now and then and yeah. I like to tell my story without being like, Look at me yeah, because it I kind of this, reminds yeah. people a little bit about where I came from but um my my whole philosophy behind health and fitness, personal training, and my own health has always just been to be the most healthy version of myself I can possibly be. And at one point in my life, I thought maybe I'd do a bodybuilding show. Yeah. And as I kind of grew a little bit, it's not to say that I don't want to because I, re- I actually do want – part of me wants to. Yeah. But 
in order to be the most healthy version of myself I can possibly be, that does not include a bodybuilding show because yeah. anyone who's out there that's going to tell you bodybuilding is healthy is very, very sadly I can vouch for that. Mistaken. I've done five shows and I will tell every single one of my clients and when they get impressed by like the pictures of like me being at 5% body fat or when they're like, oh my God, like you look so good, you look better that yeah. way. And I'm like, I look better that way. You must, you must not understand how much like shit I felt when I was in that process. Like yeah. your brain completely shuts off. Like you're just, you're, you're basically like a zombie majority of the time. And anyone who com- who competes, I commend you for that. You but can't also, go out with friends. You can't, can't sleep friends. normally. Yep. Your whole, Everything's compromised. And one of the worst things, your sex drive goes down. It's just like, fuck man. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's just like, dude, like. It's not. It's not healthy. It's not one of the most. It looks respectable, but it's not. Yeah. It's just like, dude, to do that to your body on a continuous basis is just completely, like, detrimental to your body. Mm-hmm. It just hurts your body. It really shut. It screws up with your liver and your digestive system. It's an extreme sport. It is. It really is. So anyone who competes professionally and and makes it up there in that, you know, kudos to you. But I I competed a few times and figured out it's not. Like it's not in like you said it's not in my goal to be yeah. an IFBB pro to compete at the Olympia. Like I did it because I wanted to see the best version of myself. I saw what my body did. I yeah. know I'm capable of it. Which actually the only reason why I'm even tapping back into it is because I just miss being on stage. Because it was yeah. fun. It's fun being on stage. Like I'll 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 never forget forget the first time I stepped on stage, and it felt so like surreal. Yeah, that I have to imagine. That's that's part of the reason why like real deep inside I I kind of would like to do one one day. Yeah. I'm not I don't think I will, but that's so I used to I used to play music and I have to imagine that it's kind of a similar feeling like when you're on stage performing. and people are just looking at you, you're performing. Yeah, absolutely. And that was always always something that I just I I never got a chance to do, but I always felt like man, that's got to feel amazing. Yeah. What did you what did you play guitar or what Yeah, did you so do? I play I play guitar um I dabble in like piano and stuff like that. Oh, shit, I, I'd right. like to just think I'm musically minded. Yeah. And so like I'm I'm down to get into the beats. You want to know? You want to know what one of my first time dreams was when I was a child? What's that? I actually wanted to be a music producer. Yeah. I was actually it. I was actually going to go to college and my parents wouldn't allow me at the time just because, like anyone else, they didn't see that it was a sensible decision but yeah. I was gonna, I was going to go to LA recording school and I was going to learn how to do like the technology the soundboards the mixing, mixing and I wanted to be uh <laughs> one of like one of the producers I like by far one of the best producers I don't know if you know who he is but Ryan Leslie yeah Ryan Leslie is like my all-time favorite music producer cuz he's one of the only producers nowadays that still uses actual instruments wow and so the instrument the only instruments that I ever got to, into was I was in jazz band as a child right you know? Uh, like the only thing missing was like glasses and I was in a band game, so <laughs> so <laughs> I played the saxophone liked it actually actually if I can if I can play with a saxophone again I'd love to dude that'd be super yeah. cool saxophone is like one of the the coolest instruments to me yeah I think that's yeah. super rad yeah no I think I think uh because I did music that's that's why I was able to kind of transfer over into this like we're, we're looking at my mixing board right now for my yeah. podcast and we're laughing beforehand because it takes like in half an hour to get all the levels right and get the voice sounds right and everyone's voice is different so you just start from scratch from the beginning you dabble with it yeah man I gotta tell you that shit was confusing <laughs> it looks frustrating I could never have a podcast because I think my as patient as I am I'd be more frustrated because I'm very picky and I'm very like 
pitch perfect kind well, of thing. That's why you, you in the beginning, I was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that crackle? Yeah. No? no, you didn't hear it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I, I don't know. It sounds good to me. <laughs> if you go back into my first, like, five podcasts, like, the first one, really great audio. Yeah. Second one, new equipment. All you hear is this. Oh, so, shit. Like, yeah. And so, like, everything, every time, it's just been, like, this growth. And sorry I just screamed in everybody's ear, but it, it was worth it. Dude, I can I can imagine how frustrating it is to be so tedious with something like, like especially if you're like a if you have like OCD or oh super like, I'm dude. super anal with this stuff. Yeah, dude, I, I I would never be able to do this kind of stuff, but dude, kudos to you for fucking holding this. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> kudos to you for waiting for me to put this shit all together. <laughs> We're in your office, brother. Yeah, I was I was I was literally just like hanging out while he was setting up <laughs> and just like you know on my phone on Instagram, you know, drinking kombucha and shit, and then here he is. So like, what's the deal with kombucha? So, dude, the funny thing is, I used to hate this shit. I still hate the taste of it. I hate it. I'll say but, it. Yeah, I, I hate like it. it. The taste of it is disgusting to me. It's got a lot of carbs in it, too. Yeah. Um, I don't really know that much about that part. But um, the only reason why I even started getting into kombucha was because I actually had digestive and stomach issues like two months ago. I was oh, having okay. issues with my with my stomach. I wasn't digesting right. So a lot of people recommended kombucha, and I was like, oh, fuck that stuff. That seems so tastes, gross, though. Yeah, it tastes like tastes like ass dude like disgusting and it's like the stuff that here i barely you know it's funny i barely found out that it's fermented which is what it's some some sort of fermented bullshit right yeah some fermented bullshit that basically (laughs) is supposed to help you with it's probiotic so anything probiotic basically helps with your digestive system and so when i heard that i literally was like i was like a I was just like a like a, a mindless child and just said, "Oh, fuck it, that helps your stomach." I'll but take I bet it. it. I bet it actually helped. It did. It really did. Which is the only reason why people see me posting about kombucha all the time is because once I drink it, like for like a week straight, dude, my st- I can eat. What can, issues did it help solve for you? Uh, I was able to eat more frequently because before I was only eating like maybe twice out of the day because my stomach would hurt. I couldn't digest correctly. I couldn't go to the bathroom as much as I needed to. And Was so, there like certain foods you couldn't eat? Not really certain foods. It's just I couldn't eat. I, I'm I'm a mass eater. Like when I eat in one sitting, I eat a lot of food. Yeah, I'm like and that I have too. No, I have no issues with that. But when I was doing that, I was you know I I couldn't eat and consume as much. I I wasn't even finishing my my big meals. Yeah, I was like I was eating like a 14 year old like teenager and like like a like I couldn't eat shit. So basically, I was like, dude, this is a problem. If I can't digest yeah. food, if I can't digest food, I'm not gonna be able to train. I'm not gonna be able to do any of this stuff. That like garbage. Yeah. So basically, um, and obviously at the time, I'll, I'll admit to, I was eating like shit a couple times. You know, <laughs> like I was, I was eating like fast food and stuff. So you know what I'm what pre- I've eaten today. What? All I've had today was a Starbucks cake pop. Dude, I'm not proud of that, but it's real life. Let's see what did I have today. I had coffee. A bang. Oh, that doesn't even count. Coffees don't count. Bangs count, though. Don't drink bangs, man. Oh, fuck. Well, I have rain right here, and I'm trying out. It's pretty nice. Uh, How I much have, caffeine's in a rain? Uh, it says here 300 milligrams. Oof, so that's too much. Yeah, so the only... So, you, dude, you've seen me at the gym. You've seen me. I have a big caffeine issue. I know. Well, the only reason I speak about caffeine is because uh, last year in... Uh, I think it was, like, October, I was running on, like, crazy amounts of caffeine because uh-huh. I, I had uh, just a really full client load, and I was, not to make excuses for myself i was running on way too much caffeine and it started fucking up my blood pressure mm. and so i was getting like spikes or i don't know how you say like anti-spikes i was getting drops in blood pressure just like randomly oh shit okay and well it had to do with a lot of caffeine a lot mm. of stress and i was also taking in a lot of l-citrulene now oh, citrulene dude. is a that's, bane <laughs> that's dilator a factor, yeah. yeah and so i'd just be 
I like for example I'd just be in the middle of a workout and I'd do my set and then I'd kind of sit down and all of a sudden I'd get kind of like that like dizzy head that like lightheaded feel feeling like your heart's like kind of pounding in your chest you know what's weird the heart part I didn't feel it's, okay. it's so it starts it started in my stomach where I'd get like a little twinge in my stomach almost like maybe I need to go to the bathroom yeah but not really and then it worked into my head where it's almost like if you hold your breath for a really long time mm-hmm. and you get like real light and you start seeing Light-headed, spots. Yep. And so then it's the next thing I just kind of put my head in my hands. And then the next thing you know, I'm fully passed out. And my oh, partner, shit. my partner's holding me up by my shoulder yeah. saying, dude, are you okay? And then I'm like, what? Uh, I was just like resting my eyes. Like, no, you were like limp on me for three seconds. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. So I had to, and actually, my partner was my, my girlfriend, Katie, at the time. Yeah. So I, I actually really scared her. And so we have this like running rule that if I don't feel perfect, then I have to let her know now. Yeah. Well, yeah, see, that luckily has not happened to me. And, you know, as I drink this, you know, four shots. But of- I had no idea L citrulline had such a. And so you want to hear the fucked up part? What was that? So. L, this L-citrulline pre-workout I was using was because it was zero stimulant. And I was thinking, I've got so many other stims going on. I'll just use a non-stimulant pre-workout. Mm-hmm. But I was literally just compounding the issue by taking that. Yeah, because L-citrulline is one of the huge factors that gives you that whatever, that, that huge, blood flow that pump. blood flow that gives you the so-called pump. Basically, you know? I went from having really constricted blood vessels because of the caffeine <coughs> to incredibly open blood vessels in like a snap second and so my blood my blood pressure would just like whoa, yeah gone dude and then i'd come back after it adjusted yeah see that man if i if i share with you if you haven't witnessed enough how much con- how much consumption i have like caffeine and drinks and pre-workouts it's like i can fully admit it's like it's it's something I got toned down to. I got to admit. I gotta, it's hard though. Caffeine is so, so so pivotal in my day. Yeah, it's so it's so routine part of my day that like it, it's almost like thoughtless in my head. Like what, how much I'm consuming. Everyone asks me, "Oh, do you know how much caffeine you're taking?" I'm like, "I don't know, dude." I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just drinking it because it's probably one, more than I should be. It's oh, I consume like probably triple than the average person should be. And and I can I can actually count and own up to that. But as we're both drinking our iced coffees, I know iced coffees. I got rain that's ready to go, which I'll probably drink after we get off this. And I don't know. It luckily hasn't affected me. But do I have to tone down it? Of course I do. You know what? Small steps. We all we all have our vices. We <laughs> yeah. all got things going on. I'm running on like three hours of sleep every single day, so I'm like. Are you still cutting right now? Uh, right now I am like on a very mild cut. Only reason why is because. I've been on a huge hiatus from training, all that stuff, competing yeah. for like three years. So it's I like, I just need to bring my body back to what it remembers, what it knows. And then when I start actually like getting in the routine of it, then I'll start probably, you know, actually cutting because yeah. it takes me um, to really focus and cut. It probably takes me like eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. I, I guess when I say cut, I basically for me, anything maintenance or below is a cut. Yeah, for me, it's more like I'm trying to maintain size, and I'm trying to also, like, kind of lean down on a sense. I mean, I've lost uh, 25 pounds in the past two months. Hey, that's pretty good. So man. that's pretty good. Just knowing that, that my, my body was, which I'm going to tell you right now, the funny <laughs> thing is that one of the big factors is actually kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> because I've been able to go to the bathroom. I've been able to digest. Get rid of that, all that I get bloat. rid of all that bloat. And so I think that's has to do 
the fucked up parts, which I know a lot of people will hate me for, is I haven't touched a single ounce of cardio. That's it. So it's funny you say that. I've been so I'm on the second month of my three phase program right now. Yeah. And I haven't shared entirely what I'm doing, but for the most part, I'm doing. Th- uh, so my first month was three days a week in the gym okay. lifting weights. Yeah. Zero cardio involved. Every other day, outside of that, I would attempt to do some sort of 20 minutes of active work, meaning whether it's a little bit of boxing or just mm-hmm. walking. I've some, noticed that. Yeah, something I noticed you like hit that. the bag usually like after your workouts or on off days, you yeah. usually hit the bag. And so it's, I wouldn't even consider those workouts. I'd say they're just like little priming sessions. Yeah. And so realistically, I'm only working out three days a week, and I have zero scheduled cardio sessions, and I'm eating on a maintenance level, right? Yeah, because you're still following keto, right? No, actually, I'm not at all. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, keto was something I did last year for a uh, – I think I did it for six months for – it was by far the most extreme cut I've ever done. I was at my lowest body fat, leanest for sure. Yeah, when we did that little, uh, the little staff uh, competition, dude, you cut down a lot. See, that that wasn't even that was like more recently. Yeah. When I was so I remember my best friend had a wedding last uh, July, and so leading up to that, I I'm I was part of the wedding, so I you know really wanted to feel like I looked good and felt good about myself. Right. And so I did a really hard cut. I went down to about two hundred and three pounds which is the lightest, leanest, and not necessarily the healthiest I've ever been, but yeah. never, ever looked like that. I had 100% abs, you know, you know, oh, they shit. weren't the best abs in the world, but I had six, you could see them. Yeah. Um, I, it was a very, very weird place for me to be, but I could only hold it for about a month. It yeah, stayed for I, about I, a month, there was no way. I can imagine it's not sustainable for you to yeah. get that low. Well, yeah. and so actually what happened was, I held it for about a month pretty well, and then I said, okay, I'm going to just sit in maintenance and kind of try and, like, just live my life at this level, but because I dieted so hard, because I did so hard of keto, the bounce back was just ridiculous, Yeah. and so I spent probably three three months just gaining weight, you know, not even, like, a ton, just, like, a little here, a little there. It's, like, very similar to how a rebound is off of, like, a competition prep. Like That's you, exactly you what it felt like. You diet for so long, and I'll never forget the, the how I learned and experienced what a rebound really was. 30 pounds in a day. Dude, like, 20 pounds overnight. Yep. I shit you not. The moment I started drinking water, eating normal foods. And it's I, such a mind fuck. It is, because it goes to show you, like, holy shit, I, yep. I can gain this much weight overnight. But, obviously, that's with following like a depletion of that but much. it still hurts to see it hurts to see yeah, and all, not weird. only that but it just you just felt sluggish the next day yeah i felt very tired i wanted to just sleep the whole entire day after and just yeah dude, it was hard on my body and so that's how i felt for basically three months where i was gaining a pound or two a week and mm-hmm. not because i was just eating like garbage and not because i was like lifting heavy as fuck and trying to get thick yeah it was moderate lifting with moderate surplus in calories and mm-hmm. just really letting that fucked up metabolism take its take its toll and so after that I, re- I realized what was happening and so I spent six I spent six full months eating as much as I could eat without gaining a ton of weight so basically my goal was if I gain about a pound a week or so yeah or a pound every two weeks or so I'll be satisfied yeah and so my goal was to get my calories up as much as possible and I ended up pushing so when I was when I was cutting on the keto diet I was eating at my very very lowest lowest 2300 calories a day okay sitting at about 200 pounds <coughs> now I mean, that doesn't sound crazy low, but it, it, that's fucking low for well, me. Well, because for your, you, you had to remember, too, your body type, 
what I'm, you know, I I want to eat. So 2,000 calories is one meal. Yeah. That's easy. That's easy. So I was yeah. always intermittent fasting or doing a single meal per day just because it was almost impossible for me to stay in that calorie limit and not go over without eating. Yeah. But so I, I pushed my calories over a six month span up to about 4,000 calories. And I was definitely in a surplus. I wasn't like maintaining it for, yeah. but I was eating about four. I felt, obviously I felt really bloated, but my strength was just blowing up. I got I really, bet. really yeah, strong. You're full. Well, and the thing was, I didn't just start lifting heavy. I took all my lifts down to square one. Right. And so I started with the bench press with one plate, which like, for me that's very light yeah and i started with a squat at one plate and i started with a deadlift at two plates and i made i said to myself i will not continue until i feel comfortable completely and for someone like me with really fucked up hip mobility Mm -hmm. really bad shoulder mobility from sitting at a desk for so many years it was hard yeah and so i actually i contribute a lot of my hip mobility success to um mind pump it's another podcast i listen to yeah and there's a there's a host on there named adam who um that's his thing he's always talking about hip and ankle mobility right and kind of like you see tyler squatting around the gym just doing nothing Mm -hmm. um being able to remobilize myself was the most important factor to Mm -hmm. everything i've done and since i've done that my strength just is it's well, yeah, crushing because it's crazy like oh uh, like uh, it's not it's not really accounted for like how huge and crucial your mobility is and how that can literally take your strength and performance up to from whatever from yeah. like one plate to three plates yeah or one plate to two plates it's just it's just crucial yeah so yeah. i was eating crazy amounts of calories not even doing a ton of weight and even then i saw my muscle mass blew up i did great yeah so finally here we are cut time i'm real thick real bloated but are you are you like are you preparing for anything specific or no no well i kind of so originally this was this was three months or uh, a month and a half ago i found out that i was going to olympia for uh, going to vegas for olympia yeah and so i was like "Uh, i'm pretty thick right now i gotta (laughs) i gotta at least give some sort of presentable physique here yeah and so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna really I'm going to really try again. And right. I know it's kind of funny to say that because as a personal trainer, you think you guys think we're always trying. No, 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 no. If anything, we got more time to spend on you guys losing weight. I was going to say this, yeah. the more, the second I started training people, it, it's like a completely inverse reaction to my, my Which physique. Which is the funniest thing because it's like people don't realize how, how just it completely switches the page on us. Like we, like as we provide and have more time for clients, we lose much, much more time for ourselves to even focus on that point. Well, I think for me, I it's not necessarily that I'm physically tired, but I'm so mentally tired of thinking gym things. That you're not even in the gym when you're in the gym. Exactly. Yeah. And so when it's time for me to work out, and that, so that's a big thing that I've done for this cut. And so to get back onto what I was saying, I, I actually created my own program. It's a three-month program in my exact same app I use with my clients. So I'm like running my own program with my myself as the fake coach, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and so, um, like, it's literally in my calendar. I have to work out these days. These are the workouts. These are the progressions. Right. These are what I, is, I expect out of you. And so it's been really cool to kind of, like, refocus myself. And even though I know I'm my own coach and that's not a real thing, 
having that kind of in the back of my head that uh, you didn't you didn't check into that workout that today. accountability yeah and so so the first month it was really easy for me i found my maintenance which was 3000 calories right um that took me about 3 weeks to find um since then i ran out of maintenance 4 days a week 3 days on track who fucking knows where i was at 4 days a week i ran the maintenance though yeah. and i worked out for 3 days a week i had no scheduled cardio I went from 250 down to 241 as of a couple of days ago, which oh, shit, dude. Let, let's be real, five pounds is probably pure water. Yeah. But what I learned from that is even with a caloric maintenance level, even with only three days of activity lifting, even with no scheduled cardio, if you can plan it right and pay attention to your shit, you can live an easy, healthy life. Yeah. What's without so, being fucking miserable yeah what's so called a well balanced life like it's just yeah. like, like and that's what a lot of people don't really like 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 I remember and I'm pretty sure you had these days like I remember like six seven years ago I was or five even four years ago I was doing this whole like two times a day kind of thing like the two the two a days you know you must you like you felt like a complete badass when you yeah. did two a days and you were like you know you thought you were gonna cut more you thought you were gonna build more but then that's when I started to learn the the importance of the recovery was the reason why I wasn't growing and which up to this point which it's still a mistake to train that much because yeah. you just you just have to let your body heal and what's funny is that I this recently in this past month I've trained only probably three four days a, a week. Mm-hmm. Allowed myself to rest, recover, play golf, which and I bet you feel a lot better. I feel a lot better. I'm able to perform better on the next upcoming workout because I gave my body that time to rest. Yep. And then what's funny is that in the matter of weeks, I've seen a progression in the build and the structure of my my chest, whatever my shoulders, stuff like little small things I pay attention to. A little bit of patience yeah. goes a long way. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, like you learn, like you just said, you learn how to you know really pay attention and make the small little tweaks and actually give yourself the time to you know not drive yourself to the fucking ground right it's just like like you can live a pretty pretty good life not enough enough attention to the gym and enough attention to like your personal life to at least maintain health yeah to maintain health which at the end of the day should be a real goal yeah should be what all of us are here for that's what i always tell my clients is like i'm gonna you know what you want to cut up cool let's cut up you want to get a big butt let's get a big butt yeah at the end of the day though wherever your goal lands if i didn't teach you how to maintain that goal lifestyle and within reasonability right i didn't do my job yeah and and that's the thing is that you just need to learn the essential goal is just to learn how to do all that you know without guidance and without the you know you need to learn how to be accountable to yourself and just completely live a a peaceful well-balanced lifestyle right yeah yeah dude that's what we're all here for man i mean that's what i wish we were all here for We can go. We can go all day about what people are actually here for and the bullshit that we hear and see. You know, that's okay. It's it's kind of fun for me because I get, and I think all of us do. We get really, really passionate clients who try really hard and really care, and then you get the clients that kind of want to show up and do a couple workouts a week and feel good about themselves mm-hmm. and sweat a little bit, and they piss you off because they don't do their homework at home and they don't track their shit, and they're constantly making you. Or second guessing your workouts 
Yeah. But they make those other try hard clients so much more worth it. Oh yeah, dude. Like I I've I learned how to gauge and base the standard of what I want in a client nowadays and what I just what I just expect of people in general that ever try to receive the advice and guidance from me like like I told you in the in earlier, I my first batch of clients were all baby boomers. Yeah. I learned how to appreciate what true progression was when I got a client to her only goal, dude, was just to learn how to get off the floor without grabbing a single thing around here. That's so real, though. Yeah, dude, that, it's so fucking real. Like, and that's why, like, that happens in so many households every single like, day. It's such a common thing that people don't really realize, and they they and they they take for granted how important it is just to do that. And so when I, I actually am blessed and I'm thankful that my first batch of clients were those baby, baby boomers. Probably taught you so much. It taught me a lot. It taught me everything I know now and it taught me to appreciate more now because not to say weight loss isn't difficult and isn't something that's huge and major, but that's it's not actually the, pretty easy in terms of like how to do it. It's easy because you just, you just got to follow a few instructions, be very diligent about it and dude, you'll lose weight. It's mm-hmm. not a hard thing. But to go, and this go, this applies to trainers too. Like mm-hmm. to get someone a big booty, to get someone shredded. Like I'm gonna be very honest, and it's really I'm, easy. I, it's really easy, and I'm I'm not I'm not taking any credit from anyone. But dude, if that's all you're good at, man, it you're not anything unique. I'm just gonna be very honest. Yeah. Like it's not it's not a unique thing to get people shredded and get people good shape and bodies because when you learn how to actually get someone to get off medications from diabetes when you learn how to get someone just learn how to get up to get the coffee from the top shelf of their cabinet to learn how to reach up the counter to learn how to reach down without breaking their back it's like to pick that. up their phone when they drop it off the ground mm-hmm. that is a that's a huge accomplishment as I a agree. trainer that, yeah that is by far the best feeling as a trainer when you see yeah. someone who can just live life easier yeah live life easier and learn how to just do the simple things in life better and that to me is what i determine on what a good and a not so good trainer is it's oh, yeah. like if you if you're too scared and this is just one of the very last things i'll say about trainers is that if you're only here to get people looking good and getting shredded and big butts like if that's your only goal, dude, you're just your a, you're, you're just you're just a trainer. Um, I'll never forget one of the one of the biggest lessons I ever learned was actually from a colleague of mine uh, six years ago when I used to train at Primal Fitness. Mm-hmm. His name's John Walker, uh, Jay Walk. He's a former USC college pl- football player. One of the one of the most diligent, one of the most wise minds I've ever came across. Um, he told he asked me one time when I was very young in my career. He asked me, "Do you want to be a trainer? Or do you want to be a coach?" I was like, the fuck's the difference? Mm. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, aren't I both? Isn't it the same thing? He's like, a trainer will just tell you cool workouts, teach you how to, you know, how to lift, tell you what to do. A coach will actually guide you into teach you. and teach you and actually hope and pray to God that you walk out of the door learning something, knowing that you're not going to need, they're not going to need you the next, the next whatever few months. Yeah. But and then when he said that to me, that stuck with me for like several years up to this very point now, and it's the reason why I like personal train. Like trainer is a is a very is very familiar term, which obviously I tell people what I am. That's what I am. But what I consider myself is more of a coach. Yeah, what's funny is I I agree with you completely, and it's and you 
you almost can't use that word when you want to because it doesn't hold the same weight as a train as the word trainer. Yeah, like people get more amused by the phrase trainer than the, they do when you say I'm a fitness coach. Yeah, you know it's just sad, but as far as what I personally hold myself up to, I'm a coach. Well, and there's also so many other companies out there who um, <laughs> who create health and wellness coaches. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm. I'll just, Herbalife. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk. Yeah, let's be realistic. And Everyone knows what Herbalife is. Everyone yeah. knows a Herbalife rep who is a health coach. That is fucking wild to me that you can be, ex- you can look however the fuck you want and have as little to no background in health and fitness. But hey, if you want to sell this Herbalife and be a health coach, we got you, girl. Yeah, we got you. You know, lose weight, drink those liquids, and you're good to go. You know, that shit so. drives me. I, I mean, not the. I hope I don't, you know, whatever I might. If I offend anybody who does Herbalife or sells Herbalife, I'm sorry, but I just don't get it. No. I don't get it. I would, like, I don't, I don't get it. It's never been, uh, the funny thing is that this is one thing that I've, I've come to learn and realize, which a lot of people need to see in these, these health and nutritional companies. All it is, is a marketing company. That multi-level marketing. Yeah. Well, well, and I, and I can vouch for it because I was an MLM. I I learned a lot from MLM, which I'll never take away from. But if you need to really understand what the company is, it's an MLM that just has a, happens to figure out that people love health. People love fitness. They created some fucking product that they can sell and market the shit out of. And there you go. They prey on under-informed people too. Well, yeah, that's and that's what a lot of industries who create like all these bullshit products, you know, pretty much thrive off, uninformed, un, uh, uninformed people. That's it. Right. And that's why you just gotta like uh, coming back to what we were talking about originally. You just gotta know your shit, do your research, really know what the difference is when you're looking into something like a service or product. And, exactly. And just just be more mindful of it stop falling for shit and the and then it, i'm not gonna feel guilty or sorry for you if you fell for so much shit because you didn't do your research yeah which we've all been there we've all been there i've been there i, I got fell for I got, so many i got sold on a lot of shit yeah, but now man. i'm more aware and now the, i'm very i sold the shit yeah dude i sold a lot of sh- i sold i sold i don't know small little fact i used to sell sea uh seawater Dead, uh, dead seawater uh, skin products. That's fucking weird. It was fucking weird. Yeah, man. I got into it though, and I sold it, and it was the weirdest fucking thing I had to sell. But I learned how to sell the shit out of it. And but the funny thing is that all it was was just a product that mm-hmm. people were like, oh my god, like it, it makes my skin better. Fuck it, let's take it. Right. And it was just so sad to see that. I was just like, oh my god, you are such a fucking sucker, like I was. And you know what's even funnier is that, so they have these multi-level marketing companies and. What's what? Okay, so like it, my, this is my opinion. The new multi-level marketing scheme is discount codes. Yep. Absolutely. Be, be an ambassador. Yep. I can vouch for that. There is only so there is only one company I currently hold a code for, and that's because I actually purchased. I don't even get their products for free. I purchased their products, and I post about them a lot. And so they said, "Hey, we already noticed you do this. If you'd like to put it up, go ahead." Yeah. And I really enjoy them. That's Four Sigmatic, and I'm not even going to give you my code because mm-hmm. that's not what I'm here to do. Yeah. The point of this is, you can pretty much go online right now and be an ambassador for anybody the fuck you want. They'll create you a 10% off code, and guess what? You can sell their product yep. and make them extra money all day long. And yeah. what do you get out of it? You're an ambassador. That's it. That's multi-level marketing at its finest, right there. They've Maybe. taken the scheme 
from the real world and stuck it digitally. Yeah, and that's and it's true. I, I'm all, I'm I'm 100% with you on that, and that's what it, at the end of the day, that's all these companies are. And it's funny because people will talk shit about multi-level marketing companies, yet in reality they're actually falling for the yep. same exact shit and they're becoming part of it too so and i guess i don't even think i'm i don't even feel like i'm talking shit it's almost just like like i i have i have clients who talk about oh i got this discount here there there all this stuff and it's like yeah that's fine but like these aren't these aren't discounts yeah you're you're just you're just really like you're just basically another gimme yeah yeah that's it it is what it is i don't know i mean I think I think we're in a really weird place with advertising right now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Advertising has become very uh how can I say this? It's become more of an experiment than it was when it was more assuring back then. Yeah. It was very like back then when advertising was like, dude, you have to pay thousands of dollars to get your fucking face put up on a billboard and there you go. I can pay Facebook like a hundred bucks to throw it up now. Yeah, exactly. And just like what it was back then was more like assuring because like you know you you're you've landed your mark and now it's just like you're I can vouch for this because I got I fall in for a lot of different advertising oh, yeah. advertisement companies and dude it's just same. all it's all the same shit yeah oh we, we can get you in front of the right audience we can we can, we can get your Google listing up there like uh, oh, you fucking can't yeah I actually I really enjoy the fact that Yelp gets my business out there but let me tell you Yelp business team is annoying man. They're constantly calling me. Hey, you want to run some Yelp ads? Mm-hmm. No, dog. I don't want to run no ads. <laughs> I don't want to run no ads because my invoice at the end of the fucking campaign became almost triple what you guys first yeah. told me. Yeah, I, I started a free. It was. I won't say the amount number. They gave me a free amount of ad mm-hmm. time to uh, run. Was it like? Uh, it's one of these. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Ran that bad boy up, and then like. I didn't realize they were just going to run it every single fucking month. Neither do I. Yeah, so the next month I get this bill and I'm like, "What the hell did you advertise?" I didn't get no I didn't get no clients or leads. Yeah, my turnover was shit. Yeah. Which like, don't get me wrong, there's people out there who've got Yelp dialed apparently. Yeah. It's not me though. Yeah, not me. You have to really be like very specific and really know what's going on in that in Yelp's like advertising system if unless Otherwise, if you're just signing up for shit and you just really hope to God they're going to bring you some clientele and traffic, dude, you're going to... F- I can barely deal with the Instagram algorithm. Oh, dude. I've never studied the algorithm because it just became too much of a complex thing. And then when they, when everyone got crazy about like, oh, well, the algorithm changed. Oh, my God. My likes are going to yeah. go down. Like, shut the fuck I up. I can't wait until they take the like count away. You know how much easier that's going to make our lives? It's going to make our lives easier. And then, you know, it's funny. We can actually post content that is informational and it doesn't matter that people will be like, ew, information, gross. I want to see someone's butt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It won't matter. Yep. Uh, it, won't, it won't show. Yeah, it won't show. And then your likes aren't going to mean shit. Because I think they're taking the follower count away, too. They are. They're planning on doing that. And that, that right there, to me, is going to be one of the most interesting and most revealing things ever. Because I think, it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's great. Think about all these kids in schools right now with, like... So, could you imagine when we were in high school, if there was an exact number that could tell you how popular you were? Yep. Your follower count. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's it. No wonder, no wonder kids are more depressed than I am now. Because and we were probably, we were, I mean, maybe you're not, but I was fucking depressed too when I was a kid. 
Oh yeah, dude. Being kids hard. It was hard. It was hard. It, like if you weren't popular, if you weren't like high fiving everyone down the fucking aisle, that dude. And now there's a number for it. Yeah, and it's funny because there's so many studies on human behavior and the the fucking reaction to a number yep. that tells you how how valuable you are in society. Basically, that that's really what it's doing for you. It's just telling you, it's there's a number that tells you, oh, you are important in society, yep. or you're not that important in society. What but, do you? Uh, so I I got something wild. I know we're getting on the long end here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brain on the wild end for a second. Let's go. So we're talking about social media being such a big part of us. What do you think about the concept of when we become? When we're in an age where we're intramurally connected to the internet, mm, you know what I'm dude, talking about. Dude, I was just talking to my dad about this. Um, honestly, dude, when that becomes can we define that real quick for everyone? Because I don't think every, I don't think everybody. So will we're understand. talking about like we're talking about like that whole thing where they're releasing like chips to basically be plugged in, right? Yeah. So yeah. like what I'm talking, I mean, there's there's about <laughs> there's three different realms, but for this particular one. I'm, I'm talking about uh, the concept of internally connecting brains with the basically the internet whatever, yeah. or a form of the internet, meaning like your brain's connected to the internet and my brain's connected to the internet, therefore our brains can connect. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So and I honestly, I think that's gonna change. Um, that's gonna do. It's gonna change human ra- interactions so much because it's gonna. It's basically what it's going to do. It's. <laughs> Why it, why use language? Why use language when you can digitally basically send a message that send gets auto translated? You can basically put out your thoughts. You can put out your and I I think that's gonna do a lot as far as like it, depending how they dis, they they decide on displaying it and how they yeah how they decide on you know really relaying it to the public or who views it or who doesn't. It's view almost it. like uh so you know how on your phone you can do airdrop mode right? Yep. So it's almost like me and you are in the same area, and like I, I look at you and I think connect to JC, and then you get this little brain message that says, "Hey, do you want to allow this guy in your brain?" Dude, fucking how wild would that be? It's gonna be fucking wild because not only not only that, but dude, it's it's gonna change how. It's basically gonna it's gonna break it's gonna break like connections it's gonna break connections with people and also gonna build connections at the same time but i think personally it's gonna it's also gonna really reveal like character it's gonna reveal a lot to those who they thought were closest to them yeah and those who they thought weren't close to them it's gonna show like what your real connection is with people that's actually something i i I will say i think social media has done something very very cool in these in the last decade or so absolutely and social media has completely illuminated the fuckers Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah because now we're in an age where if you sexually harass someone below you guess what motherfucker we're gonna tell about it yeah or it's immediately like you're going to be put out on on yeah exactly you're gonna get discovered immediately so now in a world where you can go where before you could go to europe and do whatever the fuck you wanted and go back to the u.s and it probably won't follow you doesn't count that way anymore Mm -hmm. there's so much so many people on facebook and instagram there's so many news categories twitter twitter's amazingly huge yeah you want to know a fun fact about twitter actually this is kind of like random but i want to say and these numbers are going to be rounded because i'm not going to quote a study not in front of me but i believe it's something like 60 to 75 percent of twitter comments are made by a singular one percent Holy shit. That means the same 1% mm-hmm. of people 
are influencing a majority of the thoughts on one of the biggest platforms on earth. That's fucking wild. So here's my question. What's that 1% look like? Hmm. Oh, I think man. I think there's I I think it's diverse, but because that 1% holds so much power. Yeah. That's wild. And yeah. so if you're part of that 1%, you're someone who is number 1 outspoken. Number yeah. 2 probably cares about something because you're always talking about it, and number 3 you're probably a little bit aggressive. Yeah, uh, no, the, exactly, and that's the thing is that because because if it's all coming from one percent, it just it, it just goes because the way Twitter has evolved, it's just it's completely cycled. The way like obviously everyone knows Twitter's being the most frequent for updated but, news, but you still have that one hundred percent viewage. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, Twitter. You can have the craziest one percent motherfucker in the corner, and he's the only one getting to speak. <laughs> He's the only one that's really getting their message out there and, and actually being commended for it. Yeah, I right? think that's wild. It is. It's out of all the social media. That's that's crazy, dude. Social media is weird, man. I have a I have a very diverse opinion about it. I have a strong, not negative. I just have a. So, I posted uh, like a week ago about like social media and how the huge dependence on it. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like really ridiculous. So my, my my final and very like clarified perspective on social media is that I'm not against it, but to be fully and solely dependent on the way it drives your mental like your mental thoughts, your behavior is just fucking ridiculous. Like it's not the way to be. It's not the way to be. Like I I like business per se, it's just like you shouldn't have to like I was having a good com- I had a good conversation with one of my um one of my athletes who I, I mentor and I really talk to him about the way he should condone business and I get social media is the biggest platform yeah. right now for business it, it's, it's huge. free it's free it's free advertising it's very good very good content very good way to drive attention to you but is it the way you should um, dictate your your income no yeah. fuck no because I've always been I've always ran off stable. I've always ran off the perception uh, and the theory that um, followers aren't dollars Mm-hmm. So when they like we just talked about right now, when they take away the followers and the likes, it's gonna really reveal how good you are at what you do and what you promote yourself to do. Well, yeah, exactly. Because think think about these like so for example, like a meme account. Mm-hmm. If you've got a meme account who's accepting advertisements from brands, mm-hmm. how do you know if these accounts are worth a shit? What yeah. is that advertising gonna look like? Yep, it's not gonna be. There. There's no way. It's gonna really define who you are as a content provider and who you are as a as whatever you're promoting yourself business wise or care or public figure wise i'm hoping it just decreases in a lot of the garbage out there it will i hope so too i really hope it takes it it uh, it it divides and conquers between who's really valuable in the content and the things you provide for people and yeah. the, and the bullshit that's out there and of course value value is relative to the person yeah. maybe then i know there is that person out there who wants those you know spammy meme accounts but yeah i mean that's not the space we're in so who cares yeah and we're at the at the end of the day even up to this point we're still in a in a solely informational based society Correct. like everything's off driven information you can literally fucking look up what you what used to be a library is now up in it's in your pocket it's in your pocket tag it look it up research the 
the hashtags and you'll find information on it. You know, so actually this is this is happening today. Well, I don't know, it happened this week sometime. Yeah. I saw an article, it was talking about a basketball player and I don't remember his name, so whatever. Yeah. It was talking about this really, really elite basketball player and they were talking about his dedication and how serious he takes his game right. and it, that included like his mental game when it came to trash talking mm-hmm. and so they were talking about how this guy would literally go on Instagram find his opponents find like the ones that had girlfriends and send them a DM the night before oh, shit. either like hitting on them or trash talking yeah. them or basically doing whatever he could to get in his opponent's mind and I was like damn bro that's the world we're in where, where you have no idea who someone is but you are going to compete against them and so you can digitally mind fuck them. Yeah, you really. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is that dude, like we're all guilty of it. You and what re- I thought was really funny is the article was like commending him, and I was kind of like, what an asshole. Yeah, well, that's like, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy, dude. That's fucked up, but it's truth. Mm-hmm. It, it it's fucked up as it is. It's truth, and it goes to show like how, like I like I just mentioned how much our human behavior is, is dictated and manipulated by. Right numbers and visuals and messages and shit like that right so it's just like like learn how to appreciate and utilize social media but don't fucking depend it and don't let it run your life right. very simple as it is it's just like like i love the days when i get to just put my phone down and stop fucking checking shit i don't have those days yeah like i i it took me a while to get to that point but when i've spent my days where i literally haven't scrolled haven't gone on it it's just like it's so it's so like mind relieving. Yeah, but so we're going on a hunting trip in about uh, three weeks, and hope I'm hoping there's like zero service out there. And just turn my phone off. Oh, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, because at the end, of the day, if I have service, I'll turn it back on. I know it. <laughs> we'll we'll know I'm when we actually worst. see you posting while you're out there or some shit. Look at me. Can you yeah. see me? Nope, I'm invisible. Yeah. So Can't it's just you know, well, it's just it's just all about really how you control and how you how you condone things. Yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta learn to balance. That's Word. It, man. Uh, All right. Well, let's see. We're. Uh, oh wow, dude, we talked for an hour and a half already. That's pretty holy good. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think anyone listens that long, so why don't we just call it? Let's call That's it. Pretty man. good, huh? Yeah. Good stuff, man. <sighs> All right. Thank you, JC. I appreciate. Uh, Thank you. Throw uh, throw some tags in there. Where do you okay. want people to go? So uh, my main profile, which you'll find everything in, is uh, jcabfit, J-C-A-B-F-I-T on Instagram. And if you were to look up um, for any of my sports therapy content and services, that's Soulplex Performance, S-O-L-P-L-E-X Performance. Cool deal. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble. I think we had some pretty cool stuff today. Uh, I'm not giving you guys shit today. If you want, you can hit me up. Hope you all stay happy, stay healthy, stay motivated, and bye. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no